0: Hello and welcome to the Afterburners podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Oni, and this is episode 34. With me, virtually, is Wes Freeman. Wes, how are you this afternoon?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I mean, pleasantly surprised after the the race in Qatar at the weekend. Yeah, I said last week that it'll be just a procession, a snooze fest, and it actually turned out all right, I suppose. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. I'm very good. Um, Yeah, just started... I've actually just started writing um, race reports just a couple of days ago. So with the first race being on Qatar, and we'll get into it, shall we? Right. First of all, penalties. Penalties have been a big thing throughout, throughout the season. We've had 10-second penalties, five-second penalties. We've had grid penalties. And, well, it was no surprise that we had grid penalties in Qatar with Max Verstappen in the Red Bull and Valtteri Bottas in the Mercedes car both taking penalties for the race due to speeding when a yellow flag was shown. So let me get your thoughts on it, Wes. Tell me. I
1: mean, fair enough in the end, I suppose. If you are going too fast through wave yellows, then a yellow flag means there's danger ahead. You have to slow down, no overtaking during the race. It's qualifying drive at a, a sensible speed slow your pace down and yeah Verstappen went past two wave yellow flags so hence why he got a harsher grid penalty than, than Bottas who only went through the one wave yellow um, I think Carlos Sainz was also brought in to the stewards as well but um, was, it, it was cleared I think in the end so yeah. no good penalty for Sainz but penalties for uh, Verstappen and Bottas I suppose in the end they, I, for me I think anyway they played a big role in making the Qatar Grand Prix more entertaining because penalties. I think if we did, yeah, I think if we didn't have those grid penalties and we had Verstappen starting, well, it would have been second. I think with Bottas third, then I don't think the race would have been as engaging and as good to yep. watch.
0: Yeah,
1: the if that if we didn't have those penalties, if it was Hamilton Hamilton first, Verstappen second, Bottas third, then I think we wouldn't have seen hardly anywhere near as much overtaking that we saw on Sunday. Um,
0: and now. Yeah, and and because of those penalties, we've seen like the top the top ten is rather a changed top ten. It's a it's an eye bulging top ten, isn't it? Because there are some names that you wouldn't have thought will be in the top ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gasly on the front row. I mean, not not often does Alpha Tauri or previously Toro Rosso get anywhere near the front of the grid. Yes, Vettel won in two thousand eight in extreme circumstances in Monza, but again Gasly, what a season he's had just it it just seems time and time again he's finding himself in the top five in qual- i mean he qualified p4 on the track yeah <laughs> incredible result for alvatar alonso p5 as well i mean yuki sonoda is p8 yeah yuki sonoda p8 again decent result for alvatar easily in in the top 10 yeah and compared to someone like I mean, Perez, Stroll, and Leclerc were all, all dropped out in Q2. Perez, P11, I mean, that is that was a, a, a big loss for Red Bull.
0: Very big I think loss. given
1: that these last three races, or now last two races, are becoming so, so crucial to points and, and the title fight, only eight points between them now, between uh, Fishlappen and Hamilton. Mercedes and Red Bull need their number two drivers. They need Bottas and Perez to perform as solidly as their number one sounds hamilton number seven to sort of sort of hold each other back if you like
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so you got number two fighting number two and number one fighting number one <laughs> um perez didn't do it in qualifying but then bottas didn't do it in the race for the Sadies when it matters i suppose <laughs> so did it matter that perez qualified p11 not that much in the end i suppose maybe if he did qualify in the top five then could have been a few more constructors points for, for edward if perez were then able to make it places during in the race yeah um but Leclerc to go from p13 to p8 in the end decent result for him ricardo 14th another one that again a loss from mclaren given how much they've been battling ferrari in, in the constructors uh, this year i think that battle is all but gone uh, now from mclaren after the last couple of poor races that they've had That that's a question for, for our listeners do you think mclaren can come back from the lot from the last poor couple yeah. of races i mean ferrari lead them by uh 39 and a half points now so I saw. Ago, I, I saw, think I saw a graphic
0: that. on WTF one on Twitter this afternoon, and um, it had it was a graphic of um, how many points McLaren had picked up during the triple header, mm, yeah. and how many Ferrari had picked up. Ferrari had picked up forty-seven points. Really However, <laughs> McLaren had only picked up. What
1: did McLaren get? Four, yeah. Four points. That's quite, quite a difference there. I mean, that's just completely changed the tables on, on that Constructors' battle for third. And fair play to Ferrari. Sixth place last year, now in third, and presumably will stay third for, for the last couple races of races this season. So fair play to Ferrari.
0: Indeed, indeed. Now, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton have given us a battle for the ages. It's like two Greek gods coming together, like, <laughs> clashing together for <laughs> ultimate supremacy. I don't know. Maybe we've got Zeus being, Lewis Hamilton being Zeus, and then, I don't know, maybe, maybe Ares. Stephen Hades. Hades or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Hades. Just coming together to be, like, the ultimate king of, of all the gods. That's what we've seen in Formula 1. And we've not been disappointed, have we? We weren't disappointed.
1: I mean, as far as the season's gone, no, we haven't. But I suppose this weekend, we didn't get much of a battle. Between, well, any battle at all. <laughs> I, suppose. No. I think the biggest battle between them was perhaps for fastest lap.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Which was a bit of a non-contest in the end when the virtual safety car sort of nullified the last few laps, or neutralised the last few laps, rather. Um, so Hamilton didn't have time to pit for soft, or it just happened, went in the lap before, so did. But it was pretty plain sailing for the with them i mean verstappen made up five places in the first five laps i mean
0: despite starting incredible in certain-
1: incredible driving but it just shows how quick the, the red bull car is same with hamilton at brazil made up he it was, it was in third after well again about lap four or five i think it was yeah. <laughs> in the end so it just shows the quality of those two drivers and the fact that i think hamilton was about 30 40 seconds clear of verstappen at the end i mean yes verstappen, uh, verstappen did pit for for soft to get sort of make sure he got that fastest lap point but even so, that, the pit stop would be around 25 seconds, 24, 25 seconds. So even without that pit stop, Hamilton would have been clear by at least 10 seconds, which is a long which is a long time in, is. in Formula 1 and motorsport. And again, I think Alonso was another 30 seconds behind Verstappen as well. So it just goes to show how talented those two drivers are and also how quick <laughs> their cars are Versteppen well. um,
0: Verstappen didn't have to do much to get past Pierre Gasly. By the end of lap no, uh,
1: three, I think Gasly got a, a radio message saying something like "Verstappen isn't our race," yes. which is pretty clear that they're saying, "Pierre, get out of the way, let Verstappen through." <laughs> it's just not very well coded these these no, messages in no. terms of team orders. But, um, I would have liked to see Gasly sort of fight, hold hold onto his position for yeah, a bit longer. Same. I think you said the same in in a WhatsApp message you sent me, but um. At the end of the day, it was a poor weekend for Alpha Tauri on the whole, finishing both drivers outside the points after both qualified inside the top 10, comfortably inside the top 10 as well. Gasly starting P2, Suno starting P8. So for them to finish 11th and 13th is not the weekend that Alpha Tauri would have wanted, but where they dropped down, I mean, other teams (laughs) climbed up, like Aston Martin, most notably Alpine as well, which we'll get onto a bit later.
0: Yeah. And, um, well... Lewis Hamilton, winning that Grand Prix, made it 102 wins in Formula One for him and 102 poles. Now... Nice and even. <laughs> nice and even. <laughs> All balanced. <laughs> All balanced. Question is, do you reckon he can finish the season with 104 wins?
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> Genuinely, I think so. Just because of the pace that he showed it over the last two races, I mean, we said that Brazil might, favor red bull slightly but it actually didn't mercedes in particular well, hamilton in particular which is so quick that entire weekend even in qatar hamilton got polled by just have a look uh he got pole by 0.6 seconds which is a ridiculous amount of space between the first and second place and as i said earlier he won the race by about 30 40 seconds ahead of a yeah. so I don't see why Mercedes wouldn't lose that pace going into Saudi Arabia in, in a week and a bit's time and then Abu Dhabi the week after. I think the pressure is now on Red Bull, generally, and Verstappen to keep that, that eight-point lead because it doesn't matter if he wins the championship by eight points now or, or one point. If he, win, if he wins by a point, he still wins the championship. So the pressure is really on Red Bull. So if, I mean, if they get a win, if Verstappen wins, then I think that's championship over.
0: Well, I if think he'll win the championship, championship
1: over. If, I think if Verstappen wins with fastest lap, then Hamilton needs to finish sixth, I think, is it? To keep, yeah. to keep in the title race. And if Hamilton doesn't score, then Verstappen, I can't remember, I saw this graphic earlier. There's all these different permutations. Mm. Um, it's on the F1 Twitter if you want to check it out. But despite... Verstappen being ahead in the championship, I think the pressure is on him. Just given the, the pace that Mercedes and Hamilton in particular have shown in Qatar in Brazil, yeah, I think they'll do it again in Saudi Arabia. Another quite fast track by the looks of things. Um, quite high-speed corners, medium-speed corners. There aren't many heavy braking zones, if any at all, on the track. Um, similar sort of thing in Abu Dhabi as well. So I think these next two tracks will definitely favor Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. But going back to Qatar, Hamilton... Dominant display, and he said it was fairly straightforward <laughs> in, mm. in the post-race interview. And it was a bit lonely at the front, as well. so maybe he's missing that, that bit <laughs> of a battle with Verstappen, that sort of wheel-to-wheel that they had in, in Brazil. But uh, I don't think he minds too much because nah. if he's winning races that comfortably. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Now, one big name in Qatar who I think had a fantastic race, apart from Hamilton, was a former teammate of his by the name of. Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. Remember, this man is a two-time Formula One world champion, 05, 06, with Renault. And it was his first podium. He finished third in the race. It was his first podium since 2014. He still has it after 20 years in the sport. I mean, what an achievement for him.
1: Well, what an achievement for him and Alpine as well. What a season Indeed. he had. They got the win in Hungary with Ocon, I think a fourth with Alonso as well. And now Alonso's got third in, uh, in good time, just checking out how many podiums he's got. He's 98th podium. So he's only two away from, from 100 podiums. Can he do that over the course of his, his career with Alpine at the moment? Well, that will do it in the next two races to get to hundred, but hmm. he could do it next season. He could do it the season after. depends how quick Alpine are with the new regulation changes. Oh yes. But but yeah, what, what a drive from Alonso. I mean, Alpine arguably have one of the fastest cars in the middle. I think they're fifth in the constructors now. So after Ferrari, M- uh, McLaren, the best of the rest. But for him to get, as, as I said, this is why the penalties <laughs> that the Verstappen and Bottas sort of spice things up a little bit because if those penalties weren't a thing, then Alonso started P5 and I think arguably would have dropped places because yeah. of the pace of Perez and arguably Lance Stroll as well, who finished P6 after climbing up from P12. So hey I mean, alonzo you got, got driver of the day as well i voted for him as, as driver of the day even though i, I didn't predict him as driver of the day i can't remember who i predicted now
0: um well i know my driver of the day wasn't <laughs> Alonso.
1: no my, my driver of the day, day ended
0: up dropping out well <laughs> lando norris despite having that puncher
1: <sighs> yeah not not a great weekend for uh, norris Or with all mclaren as a whole but we'll get, <laughs> we'll get onto that a bit later but Alonso, yeah 15 points for, uh alpine they're now 25 points ahead of alpha tower who failed to score at all in qatar so excellent weekend for him and alonso it's just great to see him just happy yeah (laughs) yeah it was after i think it was kota when he had his he got quite frustrated and i i said i was quite disappointed with him for his sort of maturity so i was arguing with the stewards and stuff but it just shows what a great driver he is, as I say, two-time world champion. Yes, it was 15 and 16 years ago, so quite a while. But you could just see it It, it meant so much to him and, and to the team as so well. Alpine, essentially, Renault, essentially the team that he won those two two world championships with as well. So it, it was just great to see Alonso back on the I think the podium itself um, of Hamilton, Verstappen and Alonso, I think that podium has the most combined podiums of any F1 podium in history, if wow. that makes sense. So Hamilton's yeah, yeah. got in the hundreds of Verstappen's, Probably got close to 100, if not more. Well, more than 100, I assume. Alonso now got 98. So all, all right. those added up Verstappen, together,
0: 100. <laughs> Verstappen close to 100 podiums. Really? Have, surely. I'll double check that now. actually. I mean, he must have, for, for a he man to, that made his read... debut in 2016 up till now,
1: oh, never I'm I'm completely off. He's got 58. <laughs> never mind. 19 wins in 58 <laughs>
0: podiums.
1: <laughs> I was just why well, he's been racing for Red Bull for five years. I know 100 podiums would mean. He'd need to be on the podium every single race since 2016, pretty much. (laughs) That's a slightly off there. Yeah, Alonso, brilliant, brilliant race for him. Brilliant to see him back on the podium.
0: Indeed. Hopefully he does get 100 podiums, as you said, probably over the course of next season or the season after, however long he's going to stay at Alpine. But, um, yeah, it's great to see him on the podium. Sergio Perez. How would you summarise his race weekend? Because he got knocked out of Q3. Well, he oh, didn't he get did, it, he, he didn't make it to Q3. He, he didn't make it into Q3, sorry. And therefore started P11. Now, Red Bull were not happy with that. Christian Horner would not be happy with <laughs> that, having his second driver starting in P11, you know, to try and help Max Verstappen. So, but I, I think he made amends, you know finishing in top six i think he got fourth place which is pretty decent and uh what what do you make of his race
1: um a pretty good race overall i'd say for Perez. i mean making up seven places you've done <laughs> obviously done something right yeah i mean it, it, it helped him in a way that bottas um had to retire the car and had that puncture as well around about like 30 something so yeah for Perez to make it as i say those seven places go out from outside the points to pick up 12 points red bull in the end especially when bottas as I say, I had to retire, so only 25 points for Mercedes that weekend really helps Red Bull in, in the constructors. Doesn't help Verstappen much in, in the drivers, but certainly helps Red Bull uh, in the constructors. Now within five points of, uh, of Mercedes, 446 and a half plays. <laughs> so again, with two races to go, it's going to be really crucial to how the number two drivers of Perez and, and Bottas sort of stand up, try and sort of battle each other, have those sort of mini battles <laughs> between yeah. each other as the cause of Saudi Arabia. And Abu Dhabi, uh, just to try and help the teams pick up that constructors' title because a lot of the focus is on the drivers' championship, and understandably so. But F1 is also a team sport as well. You've got two cars, two drivers, so you you want that constructors at the end of the at, People don't get one; they'll want the other. <laughs> I think it's fairly yeah. safe to say. But yeah, Perez another good recovery drive. Almost he's yeah a bit further back outside the top ten, climbed up to fourth. Yeah, he finished a minute behind <laughs> Hamilton, but. Again, Hamilton was just so fast for, for the whole weekend and almost it was about three seconds off Alonso uh, at the end Alonso on the one stopper as well so maybe a, f- a few more laps maybe five six more laps then Perez could have had that podium and I remember someone on the his, his race engineer come along on on the radio saying that that podium's yours yeah um, I remember Alonso also saying on the radio with about I think three or four laps to go saying are, are we going to make it and the team was just like yeah yeah you'll make it you'll be fine because I think he was in that window of I think it was on the hard, and I think Freddy said that the, that the hards can go maximum of about 40 laps.
0: 40 laps, um,
1: yeah. And I think he would have completed it in about 34 laps on, on the stint on the tyre, something like that. So he yeah. it it would have been okay, and he was okay in the end, unfortunately, for, for Perez and Red Bull. Yeah, as I say, Perez, solid drive, another 12 points for him, 12 points for Red Bull, and again, <laughs> sets up the Constructors' Championship uh, nicely for the last two races.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, your number two driver, you want them to, you know, be the backup to, like, you know, your number one driver. But you also want him to try and try and settle things and do the job in the race. And unfortunately for Valtteri Bottas, he didn't quite do the job. In fact, he had an awful, awful race. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> apart from Monaco with that, horrible pit stop which took almost 48 hours
1: <laughs> it took two days in the end i think to get to get that tire yeah. off
0: <laughs> i might say that Qatar has probably been his worst race of the season correct me if i'm wrong but
1: i can't correct you <laughs> i but, don't think he's had a worse race this season
0: <laughs> i mean to start to start fifth go down to 11th have problems with the tire and ultimately re- retire it shows that it just didn't work out for him.
1: Not at all. I mean, yeah, he, he got the three-place group penalties, so he went from third to sixth. But at the same time, and went up five places. Bottas lost five places. He went from sixth to 11th. And I remember at, at one point, Toto Wolf came on the radio, which you don't really hear that often. You don't usually hear team principals no. come over the radio saying, come on, Valtteri, let's get these cars. I think is what he said. And Bottas didn't really respond to that. He <laughs> he shows he was
0: annoyed. Third. He was annoyed, to put it nicely. Toto was annoyed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, understandably so. I mean, the season is just so, so close between, well, but in the drivers and constructors that, as, as we said, you want the number two drivers to perform. And Perez did and, and Bottas didn't. And I suppose he arguably was hampered a little bit by strategy in terms that Mercedes wanted him to do the one-stopper, starting on the mediums, which Hamilton did as well. I think they were one of the few teams to start on the beatings. I know I remember, I think Alonso was on the softs, Gansley was on the softs. Yeah, a lot of drivers started on soft tyres, mm-hmm. but Mercedes didn't. So I well potentially they would have wanted to do the one stop with both, but I think Hamilton because Hamilton was so far ahead, they could afford to do the two stop, and, and it obviously worked out quite well at the end. But for Bottas, yeah, not so much. Got a punch. Uh, I can't remember what um what lap it was now. Uh, Round about, I've got the pit stop summary up here now. Uh, he pitted on lap 33, so okay. puncher around about lap 32. And that also caused him to go off into the gravel as well, which yeah. damaged the under, underside of the car, damaged the front wing. I think that was the main reason. Sorry if you can hear there's like a fire engine or ambulance going on outside. But yeah, I think that that sort of trip into the gravel didn't help. Boss. It, it, it hindered him more than the puncture could have done. I suppose, if he kept it on the track with the punch, then maybe he would have been able to finish the race. But I think that damage in the end caused from the gravel trap arguably led into him uh, him and Mercedes to retire the car. So poor weekend for, well, (laughs) I think it was the worst weekend that Bottas has had this season. Started sixth place, dropped outside the points within the first couple of laps. was running around about P14, P15, I think, when Mercedes came over the radio to say, Bottas we need to retire the car so horrendous so Bottas not a weekend that he'll want to remember and
0: mm.
1: he's got two races left at Mercedes um, he'll want to give it his all to show I suppose sort of what they're missing us maybe when he goes to Alfa, yeah. Alfa Romeo next year but he wants to say he's been a part of the team for I think five years if, if not six years now I think this is uh, 17 18 19 20 21. five years five years his <laughs> <It's laughs> fifth year with Mercedes so he, he knows what the team's like. He knows the team actually. He'll want to just perform as well as he can the next two races or the last two races of the season mm. to allow Hamilton to win the drivers' championship and Mercedes to win the constructors' championship. For I think Mercedes it will be their eighth year running uh, for the constructors, and Hamilton obviously his eighth championship as well. So, yeah, um, I couldn't <clears> say something <throat> in the road, of course, Rosberg <laughs> fitting in there in twenty sixteen. Yeah, Bottas on the one stopper. A lot of teams tried to do the one stopper. I mean, Alonso successfully pulled off the one stopper, but other teams weren't quite successful Williams no, being one of the no. road drivers uh, having and punches. it brings
0: and it brings in the tyre deck because Pirelli did say that with the mediums their limit is 30 laps and I mean apart I'm not sure maybe Bottas and the Williams as well had punches and ultimately had to retire so it just shows that it was it was impossible well impossible to do the one stop but Alonso did it but there were other drivers who did two-stop strategies as well so yeah it's a lesson to learn because we're gonna be having Qatar for a very long time so I I think this is the opportunity that drivers and teams have to learn from this because from 2023 onwards we're gonna we may be having a lot of this so yeah it won't be easy
1: yeah absolutely I mean the, the graphic I saw before the race where it says the I mean, airport usually put out a graphic saying oh, what, what strategies the teams could use during the race, and all three, all three strategies on show were two-stoppers, whether it was medium-hard, medium was the fastest strategy, I think, than soft-hard, uh, medium. I think the was something like medium-hard, hard. But yeah, a, a, a few teams went against that advice, went against Pirelli's advice. I think they said that the mediums could last a maximum of 30 laps. Bottas went to I think 34 laps overall on those mediums, uh, including the laps he did in qualifying. Yeah. The hard's no more than 40 laps, which was perhaps a bit of a miscalculation potentially. Um, since we saw uh, the Williams, both Williams cars, Russell and Latifi go out round about lap 31, lap 32 on those hard tyres. So <laughs> fair play to Alonso for managing those tyres, particularly. I think the front left was the main problem tyre, if you like, the one that. Um, the most forces going into it over the course of, of the track. Yeah, I mean, fair play to the teams that made the one-stop work, but it didn't work for, as I say, Williams. I think Norris got a puncher on that 48-49. And yeah, it goes to show that whilst the teams, in theory, the one-stopper was the fastest strategy, and yes, it paid off for Alonso and maybe a couple of other drivers as well. But Pirelli was saying it's, it's impossible. You can't do a one stop without mm. risking punches and... The teams that took the risk some some paid off some didn't so they'll learn they'll learn from their mistakes over the weekend williams uh, mclaren with norris as well and say a couple of the drivers i can't quite remember but yeah we've got 10 years of racing in qatar from 2023 yeah. <laughs> so i'm sure they'll get used to it i'm sure they'll work out faster strategies also worth noting that the tyres uh, available for this weekend were the three hardest compounded it just goes to show how difficult how tough on the tyres it is qatar because as i say it's, it's a fast track there aren't many heavy breakers. There aren't many slow corners at all, if any. It's only natural that the tyres used were the hardest free compounds of tyre. So I mean, something like a C3, that might be. I mean, a, a Monaco, you're looking at probably a C, a C4 to six, the softest free tyres on show. Yeah. But then you go into Qatar, and it's the hardest free tyres on show. So, uh, yeah, the teams will learn. As I say, yeah, we've got 10 years of racing in Qatar <laughs> for the teams to work out uh, viable strategies.
0: Right, we're going to go through this next one fairly quickly. Just shouting out honourable mentions. Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. P6, that's four points, six points?
1: Eight points, I think, in the end. Eight that's points. Quite a few points uh, for Stroll just trying to find the uh, final standard. Yeah, six plays, eight, eight points.
0: Yeah, yeah that was that very and
1: good. Another point for Vettel in the Aston Martin, well. finishing P10. After P10. coming back from P17 at one point as
0: well. That was very good. Ferrari, brilliant brilliant I'm not sure I think Charles Leclerc Charles Leclerc has almost been overshadowed by his teammate this season I think that's the only thing I have to say about that Carlos Sizes really showed up you know coming into a new team this season and um yeah Alpine
1: yeah the two for Ferrari
0: go on sorry just,
1: just come off of Ferrari yeah seventh and eighth for Ferrari after Leclerc started it was P13 I think again for Leclerc so five places for him 10 points for Ferrari for the weekend and he had just. Two and a half points behind. Uh, behind 300 points on 297 and a half. Main challenges is McLaren on 258. As you say, Ferrari picking up about ten times as many points. Was it? I think what yeah. was it 47, 37, compared to McLaren's four, 47. Yeah. yeah. So that just goes to show how well Ferrari have done, not just over the course of Qatar, but over this uh, this triple header as well.
0: Indeed, indeed. Alpine. The only thing I have to say is penalties were Alpine's best friend. This weekend, I have to say. (laughs) Because without the penalties, I don't think... I think you mentioned it before. Without the penalties, Alonso probably would have dropped out of the top 10. Probably finished like 12th, 13th. But P3, fantastic. Esteban Ocon, P5, which was brilliant. So Alpine will be very happy. On the other hand, teams that will not be happy. McLaren.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a McLaren fan, it was another quite poor weekend for uh mclaren norris recovering to ninth place picks up a couple of points ricardo top place uh just look at uh, look at where they started i mean, ricardo started p14 so yeah he made up a, a couple of places but he, he struggled a bit ricardo i mean yeah he got the win in monza brilliant fantastic but overall you'd say with Ricardo's season a little bit disappointing and given I suppose the pace that McLaren have showed, particularly in the first half of the season, and certainly before this triple header, they'd have been wanting to take this battle with Ferrari or they'd have wanted to win this battle with Ferrari in the constructors. But as we've said, the last three weekends, this triple header has not gone well for them at all. I think no. Pratt started with, with Russia and uh, Norris's sort of lost win, if you like, <laughs> at uh, Sochi
0: well, oh, yeah.
1: uh, in the rain. But um, yeah, it's, it's not gone well for, for McLaren. I mean, Norris is still uh, fifth in the in the driver's championship still ahead of both ferrari's and ricardo um 153 points for for ricardo 105 but ferrari have just seemed to got their, their game together again i mean Leclerc 152 points science 145 and a half those two are just so close in terms of points in terms of uh talent you could say just how well they've done they've, they've ferrari been much more consistent over the course of the season than mclaren and i think that's paying dividends <laughs> as, as, as we've seen now
0: indeed has has his has <laughs> yeah has his has too much. alpha Mayo, i think yeah probably the same thing same Wyatt, thing,
1: yeah 15, 14th and 15th I can't of that see so yeah pretty usual stuff
0: <laughs> for alpha Mayo. um i think the biggest losers were alpha tauri i think they are the mm. biggest losers of the weekend because pierre gasper started in P two, which you're sitting, you're sitting on the front row with Lewis Hamilton, Yuki Tsunoda also starting P eight, and both of them, you know, just lost their positions. They disappeared into the unknown, and yeah, very, very <laughs> you know what I mean. So it wasn't yeah, really a good weekend right. for AlphaTauri.
1: Yeah, Gasly dropping nine places, P2 to B11. Snowder dropping five places as well from P5, uh, not P5, P8 to uh, P13. I think, again, they were, I think, another team that were trying the, the one-stopper and obviously just lost a bit of pace at um, at the end as well. So, Indeed. yeah, poor weekend for Taro, particularly, what well, doubly disappointing for them that Alpine did so well, <laughs> given that the two teams were level on points going yeah. into this weekend on 112 points each. And, again, for Alpine to have arguably their best weekend, besides, I suppose, besides Hungary, when Ocon got the win, Alonso got, I think, fourth in the end as well. Yeah, Arguably their second best weekend for the whole season. Yeah, doubly disappointed for, for AlphaTauri and They'd have wanted certainly Gasly to finish in the points, but yeah, for both of them to get no points at all from from the whole weekend is, yeah, d- as I say, disappointing for AlphaTauri.
0: Indeed, indeed. And um, all of all of these teams will want to try and finish their best this season. I say all, but the has pretty much finishing on zero <laughs> points which brings me to a question for everybody the constructors championship these 10 teams who will finish where well i should i should pretty much say top eight because has and alpha <laughs> may are finishing
1: well I, th- I think top top six of it i don't think aston martin aren't going to get too many more points williams aren't going to get any more points on won't get any more points they're stuck on and has certainly won't get any more points the, the top five, I, I suppose there's a battle between first and second. You've got yeah. Mercedes versus Red Bull. You've got Ferrari versus Cloud, although that arguably
0: is now over. So that's the top bit, four. What about five and six?
1: I suppose you could have a bit of a battle between Alpine and Alpha Tauri. Okay. If Alpine has a similar weekend to Alpha Tauri did in Qatar, then maybe we could be looking at a battle for fifth. But um, you know, I, don't, I don't think there'll be too many changes, actually, in the constructors besides maybe the top two are maybe top four.
0: Okay. So but every
1: other place is pretty much sent so
0: right. Listeners, watchers, when it comes out, where where do you think these teams will finish in top ten? So I think I think everybody can agree that Haas are gonna finish tenth. I think that that, I, that is I right. don't
1: I don't see them getting twelve points from the last two week, two races.
0: Unless Somehow, I don't know <laughs> Unless in the most bizarre circumstances that I don't know. The Haas team tweaks their car, and the F1 stewards and everybody has no clue what happened. then, and <laughs> yeah, they're going to finish tenth unless I
1: there's think... a massive accident in Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi when the top eighteen cars are yeah. all taken out, and then and Mick, Mick Schumacher, Schumacher just race winner. You know, oh, <laughs> and then and then Mazepin retires anyway or spins out into a wall. So we're just left with Nick Schumacher on the top step of the podium.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, F1. If only. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Listeners, watchers, when it comes out, how do you think these teams will finish from 10th to 1st? Right, 10th place, Haas, that's a given. Ninth, Alpha Romeo, would you say? 8th yeah, place, 8th place, Williams. 7th, Aston Martin?
1: Yeah, 77 points, way behind AlphaTauri, way ahead of Williams.
0: Okay, so that's seventh for me. Sixth place, I think. Right, Tari and Alpine, can you just mention their points, please?
1: AlphaTauri 112, Alpine 137. Mm, okay. And that, that's after Tari got no points at all this weekend, and Alpine, they have, they have had some weekends where they fell to score points, so that one could change, Alpine and AlphaTauri. Uh, yeah, there's, okay. there's a 25 point difference, but again, a, a weekend similar to Qatar, but for the other team, for Alpine. If Alpine have a, have a weekend like Elvitao we did, then that could that could change quite easily.
0: Mm. I'm just thinking in my head that if we were at Saudi now, I would rec- I would say Gasly will be the only one to finish the race in the top ten. Yuki Tsunoda will finish, you know, 11th or lower, but I think. For 6th place, I think it will be Alfa Then Alpine, 5th place, which I think that will be solid. Solid for them. Then we have the top four. Yeah, then we have the top four. So, 10 to 5, it's done. Top four, I'm going to have to say McLaren for 4th place, because I I think consistency was the key word that you said for Ferrari, and I don't think... McLaren have had that at times. They've been a bit bumpy, would you say? You know, so think...
1: certainly in the last three races. Yeah, they've, they've lost. Was it 40, 43 points? The difference between Ferrari and McLaren over yeah. the course of the last three races, and, and the difference in the championship now is thirty nine and a half points between the two teams. So this weekend, or this triple header rather, is, is just pretty pivotal <laughs> for both teams.
0: Yeah, fourth place for McLaren, Ferrari clap 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 well done well done okay. despite the history of this team and um, you know how they finished sixth or seventh last season I think sixth place to go out and it. finish third potentially finishing third this season it's a big improvement big improvement so well done to Charlotte Leclerc and Carlos Sainz and the whole Ferrari team third place for you and we have the top two <laughs> Then we have the top two, which I think five is Five points, the difference. Five points,
1: the difference? Between Mercedes. Mercedes is currently leading, 546 and a half. Red Bull second, five.
0: And what? There are 50 points up for grabs, potentially? Potentially 52, with 52. fastest lap as well. Fastest lap. And five-point difference. So, I think, you know what? I think, I think Mercedes will win the Constructors' Championship. Yeah, I think Mercedes will win the Constructors' Championship, so that's that for me. Um, I just think, well, Mercedes will win it as long as Bottas pulls his socks off or just tries to finish the (laughs) season strongly. And if that happens, then Mercedes will win the Constructors. Go on, just quickly. You, go on.
1: Um, I think pretty much exactly the same as you. I don't think any of... The positions as they are will change with the exception right. of red bull being constructors' title winners for the first time since 2014
0: hey, okay okay uh,
1: I'm, I'm more consistent than i mean bottas <laughs> just hasn't done well at all <laughs> this season and if he has another weekend like well like we've just seen in qatar then uh, i mean red bull go i'm just trying to do some more math in it. Uh, 19 Perez 12 31 points for Red Bull so a six point gap between Red Bull and uh, uh, Mercedes for for Qatar so if they just do that again then <laughs> into Abu Dhabi so I think unless as you say his it way in the last couple of races then I think Red Bull will be constructors winners I still think Hamilton will be drivers champ- uh, championship winner I think Rebel will be Constructors winner.
0: Okay, okay. So that's that. Um, Just one more. Next week, when we have another episode previewing Saudi, your drivers' standings, your top 10 drivers' standings, how will they finish? So just think about that. And to finish off, Formula E have actually released their version of uh, Drive to Survive with Formula E, unplugged so this is this is it's just summarizing the past season season seven just summarizing that the whole season on youtube it's available on youtube now 15 episodes and um yeah it should be it should be a real watch go ahead and watch it and i'm sure you will enjoy it i think i need i need to go and watch it as well i've enjoyed formula e watching formula e well since the start of the year. And it's been great. where's what, what's your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm definitely I mean I've watched all three seasons of Drive to Survive, so I think for Formula E to do something quite similar. Um we've seen new fans come to F1 off the back of Drive to Survive. So i think that the fact that it's free on YouTube I think is brilliant, amazing. Um we're seeing Formula E go on to BBC on BBC Two and live streaming on BBC Sport as well on iPlayer, so I think everything Formula E is doing to just try and make it as available and out yeah. there as possible is brilliant, and I, I can only—I mean, I think it's the, the follow a team for for each episode or for each couple episodes or something. So again, fairly similar to Drive to Survive, and yeah, it'll be good to get sort of a bit more insight into Formula E because I've watched it sort of on and off for the last few seasons, but I don't really have that sort of in-depth knowledge that I do with f1, f1 <laughs> with, yeah. with the drives and, and the teams and stuff so i think you'll be interested to see and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it
0: indeed indeed so ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> f1 fans we've come to the end of another afterburners podcast episode well we hope you've enjoyed it lewis hamilton who pretty much you know still in this title fight just five points is it five points eight points
1: Eight, eight points in the drivers, five points in
0: the constructors. Eight points separates Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen with Saudi Arabia in a couple of weeks' time. It's, it's hot enough, everybody. It's, we're coming to an end of an amazing story. And, yeah, I've been your host, Samuel Oney, and uh, it's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from Wes. Bye-bye. And we'll see you again in a few weeks for Saudi Arabia.